Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. Let's do it this way. <laughs> if only we had a decent producer. Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-dos and the don't-dos of personalized learning. Yes, we do. And today, it's March. It's still March. You know March. what that means. It's still, today it's March. Today it's March. It's still March. <laughs> it's been a long month. Uh, yeah, you know why? Why? Well, lots of reasons, but one big reason is because it is testing season. Ugh. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, those words don't really sound so good. No. I remember watching on John Oliver. Have you seen that clip about like test hype in schools? Test oh hype. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so worth going looking it up. Testing education testing John Oliver. Um, he does this whole little bit about how ridiculous the testing is and the kinds of things schools go through to like hype the kids up and get them motivated to take the test. And there's this one school that does this whole. Uh, you remember the song? What does the fox say? Mm-hmm. They, do. they make their own video, but it's what does the test say? Mm. <laughs> and it's all different words, you know, just about testing. It's, it's I think horrible. we're going to have to link to this It's one. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds really good. <laughs> but that's what I think of whenever, like, this week, last week, and next week, whenever I go into a school and I see, like, the shh testing yep. signs up or someone's like, They're everywhere. MBA week. I'm like, oh. Oh, uh, yeah. It's really MEA What month. does the test say? <laughs> oh, good. Courtney's singing again. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. So let's talk about testing a little bit. Okay. And it is something that, that uh, schools have to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's required by the feds to yep. get some money. And, right. Um, you know, we've talked about it uh, on some podcasts, and it's a, like a general theme. There's more ways to measure things other than tests. But they are, tests are definitely the easiest ways to measure things. Right. But you're not really measuring kids when you're doing these standardized no, tests. No, okay, so here's what I think. Like, I want you to kind of break this down for people and nice. talk about this. Because, um, so I have a son. I've talked about him a lot, Finn. He's, what? He's in fourth grade, and so he's taking the MEAs. And I'm always like, have you, are you taking the test yet? And he's like, uh, I think it's next week or what? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, you know, like, I take it seriously, like do well on the test, but it's not like this test doesn't really have anything to do with you and who you are and your academic ability or your learning on any level. Really pumping them up there. Yeah, I was like, this is about this is about your school, and this is this is how schools get funding to yep. run. So it's important, but it's not. Um, it's not about you. It's not about you. Yeah. So mm. I, I does that make me a good mom or a bad mom? I, I don't know, but uh, that's what I said to him. <laughs> I'd say that's good. I'm sure he walked away thinking, when's dinner? When's dinner? Exactly. He was like, what? Uh. So, Can we have chicken nuggets? So, <laughs> so it is true, though. The reason we do standardized testing on a large scale like this is to measure schools, not measure individuals. Hmm. And one of, the, one of the reasons for that is because we don't really get any results back until – uh, Thanksgiving usually, uh, at best, <laughs> yeah. I would say. You know, yeah. if we're really lucky, Halloween, but that's really not going to be it. So it's not really useful 
on an immediate basis when you're when you're testing individual kits, and you don't get that Im- immediate feedback mm-hmm. and uh, ways to adjust for certain individual kits. They don't spin it like that, of course. Uh, they they spin it as saying you know these are ways you can adjust your curriculum in order to meet the needs of your kids, but again that really emphasizes it's a school thing. It's not an individual thing. So. Are there any cases that you can think of where um, beneficial change has come from, like, analyzing tests and watching data over time? Yeah, I do. Okay. Can you explain one? So I know that, that a, a lot of our teachers are, are going to, like, professional development put on by the state, and they talk about analyzing the data that comes right. out of it. Yeah. And you look for trends, basically. Right. So you look for... Uh, targets or standards that, in general, kids aren't meeting. So, but what's a trend, though? A trend would be like, we're trying to test this. It's a required standard by the state. In our, our case, it's main learning results, right. which is based on Common Core. Um, so it's a pretty pretty standard one. See what I did there? I did. Across the country that, that people know what it means. And if you're testing on the standard and 15% of your kids have met that, but in for other standards, maybe 45, 50% of the kids uh, are meeting them. So there's definitely something that you might be missing. But can you look at one year is what I'm asking you. Like, can you look at one year no. to get a trend? I say no. Okay. I say, I say there's no way possible on that one because right. it's one group of kids. And it's possible that in that one year you haven't really gone over that standard yet because mm-hmm. we teach in, uh, we test in March. Right. Uh, there's still two and a half months left to school for us. Um, in general, I would say there's at least six to eight weeks left of whatever stage. You I think most people, in. most most most, uh, yeah. Yeah, we go to late June, but right. even if it's Memorial Day, that's two months away still. Right. So there's plenty of time left for things to be covered. No. As it were, uh, when people think about that, I know that's a that's a terrible word, but if if we haven't gone over it with kids, if they don't have an opportunity to meet that standard yet. How are they going to do well on that right. particular grade level standardized test? Right. It's just not going to happen. Right. So I would argue that there is some value to it, but you have to think of the long term and not just, okay, what happened last year? You have to right. okay, what happened last year and the year before that and the year before that? And is this a target that none of our kids are getting over time when we think they should? Mm. Then, yeah, there's value to that. But that is also a heck of a lot of work mm-hmm. and a lot of data that has to be facilitated well. And schools don't really do a good job of that stuff unless you have a dedicated person as your, like your data person to mm-hmm. be looking at this all the time. This is not something that I think principals or teachers are going to be able to identify because of the amount of data that's yeah, yeah, required in order to through. do it. Yeah, and, mm. it's that, and that's a lot of separate work that I, I don't think – Unless your PLG is really focused on looking at data over the well, long term. Like you mean like a teacher PLG? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. For, from a teacher point of view, I just don't think they have the time. Administrators could do this, but again, a lot of time. You have to have somebody who knows what they're doing right. to, to, to kind of sort all that data. And again, it's a lot of time. You have to be relatively dedicated to it. You know, I'm a district admin. I don't really have time to do that because I have a lot of other duties also. Right. Duties. Duties. Right. Uh, so as a dist- as a coach, like I never encourage teachers to look at the state test data. No, and it's it's 
not something I ever encourage teachers to look at yeah. because that's about the school. Right. And about the school, that should be an administrator thing. Yeah. Should, that should be my job, basically, right. and a principal job and working together how to fix that. What I do think yeah. works out well from a coaching level point of view and from a teaching point of view is to look at more of those individual tests, but not the state test, not the standardized test like a NUIA test or a right. STAR test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's focused on the individual kid. Right. Because they're adaptive. And they're actionable. And you it's immediate. Do stuff with them. Yeah, right. It's immediate. I can, I can, this kid took this test today. What does that tell me so I can adjust tomorrow? tomorrow. Yeah. You, you can't do that with, with any type of state test that is grade level standardized because the data comes back again six to eight plus months later. Yeah. So I feel like, Maybe it's just kind of like the, the time frame in which I've been working in public schools in Maine, but I feel like, um, you know, so first I started as a, you know, a, a teacher on an interdisciplinary team in the middle school, and then I became literacy specialist, and then literacy coach, and then instructional coach, and now I'm like kind of a district-wide instructional coach. And um, I, I only remember once really working with that kind of long-term data to say, like, this is what the trend was for reading, mm -hmm. you know, and math over the past five years. But then inevitably what always happened was that the test then changed. Mm -hmm. And then our data had to be thrown out the window because you can't compare two separate tests. No, you can't. Um, so maybe that, I mean, is that, I don't know. I feel like that that kind of data work, and I think that that, made, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I go to, like, I think a good place to be watching is, like, the informational reading mm -hmm. targets. Because we know just in general, like, learners struggle with informational yeah. reading targets yeah. more than they do literary targets. So I think it's worth – but I would love to see that kind of data over, like, five years, mm -hmm. right? I feel like three isn't even quite enough. Um, it's really not, like, right? Three yeah. is when you have – Three's better than two. Oh, it's a heck of a lot better than two, but it's still not. <laughs> it's still not enough. Enough. I mean, you could easily have a data point, then have it go up the next year, then have it go yeah. way down the next year, and so what does that tell you? Like nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing. Right. Uh, we are in our fourth year in Maine of having the same state test. Mm. Uh, fourth year in a row. Awesome. Uh, it's a record. It is. Uh, well, that's what I'm talking about. So, like, yeah. And so it's really difficult to, to judge anything when you right. ju when you have very, very limited data. Um, and especially if you're in smaller schools, like most of the schools in Maine are relatively small, so you don't have a lot of data points even within, within right. the grade yeah, level. One, so, one learner can really skew things. Yeah, and that's right. not something you want to look at. So you need more more data. You need more time. You need to be patient doing this stuff. But the more immediate things that we can do with kids, it makes it a, a lot a lot better. Yeah. Because you can kind of identify trends quickly. And it's more anecdotal, I would say. Mm. If I've got 20 kids in my class and the individual data is telling me that, you know, we've, we've been learning about informational reading, for instance, and nobody's getting it, and these tests are kind of telling me that, Okay, well, that's a thing. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a thing. I don't need to wait over time for that one. Right. But that's a more about me and the teacher getting immediate data about these testing from kids. It doesn't need to be a standardized tape test. You can kind of sense that happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that's not really. observations. Uh, absolutely. Test for that. And, and there's not exactly a need to look school-wide for that either. 
if you get that immediate data, it's like, okay, how do I get better at, at giving this to kids right. so they can show evidence of learning? And that's more of a, a, an immediate reflection. I don't need long-term data to tell me that these kids aren't getting it because I'm seeing it immediately. Okay, so then in a personalized learning system, mm-hmm. um, or even just a proficiency-based system, because mm-hmm. you know the two can exist without the other, mm-hmm. but um, what is the value, aside from federal money, what is the value of the state test? That's a good question. That's a good question. I would say <laughs> that if you're going to look at that data and really identify these long-term trends mm-hmm. and how we might want to adjust some of our targets, mm-hmm. you know, some of our curriculum, are we getting the, the evidence back that we think we're going to be getting when we tie it to the things we're getting on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. If we think we are, yet the state test is saying something completely different, Mm -hmm. whether it's higher or lower, it doesn't really matter if we're missing something or if we're doing something great. Um, But we think there's a disconnect there. I think that's worth looking at on the larger scale, but not on the individual classroom basis. I don't think there's any value for teachers individually Mm -hmm. on the state test in any way, shape, or form. I think this is more of a a larger picture, district-level event that could happen there's value there um, not a lot of value to be honest mm-hmm. um, and it turns out there's a there's a bill in the main legislature right now which is going to go nowhere but it's going to make the state testing optional for schools wow which is technically against the law so <laughs> i don't think it's going to that's why i don't think it's going anywhere but i was reading it last night and it, it just makes schools can opt out and they can provide their own data Oh, I like that. Which is interesting, but again, that's not part of the plan as right. it is currently. And how do you make that consistent to make it equitable? There, I mean, there's right. a million questions there, but I think the point of the of the bill is to bring up the discussion. What, yeah. What else is good other than standardized tests? Good. How? What other ways can we do that? And I don't disagree with that. So the bill's going nowhere. Right. But, but there's definitely could be good discussion. Puts it on the table. Right. And and the the more I go through those bills, I realize a lot of it is just to bring stuff up. Yeah. Even if it's easily going to get voted down, it's now it's out there. And it's on the record. And now you have yeah, a discussion about the next right. year and the next year, and maybe change happens ap- over time. All right, so I want to shift the, the discussion a little bit from nice. kind of big picture to, all right, so we know there are plenty of learner-centered classrooms across the country, many of whom are listeners. Um, Thank you. Many of whom are not listeners yet, but maybe one day will Ooh, be. Growth mindset. Gotta be. Um, how do we fit this testing into our learner-centered environments? What kinds of things should we be doing? Should we not be doing? Like I'm wondering, you know, so I picture one teacher's classroom who got, we've talked about her before, who got rid of all the desks Mm -hmm. and whatnot, you know, so should she bring the desks back in for test day or still let it be like learners, you think about who you are, decide where you want to take this test, like should we schedule the time or should we let kids schedule their own time? Like what? Oh, I like that one. That just came to me. I was like, we could do that. We could do that. We could totally do that. Like, why does everyone have to take it at the same time? Yeah, so there's... Oh, but there's probably, like, control... Well, no, there is... Environmental control requirements. Well, uh, it's uh, it's all about air quality is what it's about. What? 
No. <laughs> uh, so there are different ways to do this. And okay. one of the ways that we always default to uh, in the multiple schools that I've worked in are, okay, we don't want to disrupt anything for the learners because we want them to do well. And Fair. It's disruptive, period. That's, it's disruptive, <laughs> like, period. It's disruptive. But yeah. here's what we're going to do. We're going to schedule it in your regular periods. Right. So I have EL, I'm a middle school teacher or kid, doesn't really matter. I have ELA second period, that's when I'm gonna take the test. If I get done early, I just need to sit there and be quiet, which is fair. If I take longer, well, I'll need to come back at the, when I have some open time, so during break or during lunch. Right. But I have to finish the same day. So right there immediately, you're screwing up right there. If, if it you doesn't do feel that. right. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that just because with the, the bell rang and we need to go to math. And, okay, ELA's done, but come back and do your best on this test after you've taken a break uh, and learn some other stuff in other subject areas and just come back <laughs> instead of, like, keep going in that flow state, yeah. as it were. Uh, so that's just dumb. Yeah. But everybody does it because they, think, they think the bigger disruption is, like, thinking outside the box and having, like, a testing time where you test and then have a different – go through like a regular just shortened schedule for instance if you have a if you have a schedule and i'm going to assume that most schools have like some type of schedule so i've always argued why don't you put like an hour and a half in the morning or whenever that is your testing time right and kids know what to do and where to go uh they can take the test anywhere they want they have to sit in it's not like the sat where it's very very strict right um if kids in that classroom that you mentioned with no furniture and they want to sit on the floor and do it well, who cares? They're taking the test. Right. Nobody's helping them. Yeah. Nothing's on the walls. It's that sort of thing. That's always, that's totally fine by me. Um, everybody doesn't have to take it, the time, take it at the same time to answer one of your questions. Right. And which we do right now because people take it at the same time. But what about the kids who are absent? Right, they come they have and to do, do it makeups, at another right? time. That happens, at, and it happens, and, we, and it happens at their own rate, really. Exactly. When they oh, come back, they're able to do it. We're better off skipping school on the day of the test and just taking it as a makeup. One of the things is <laughs> those kids. How to hack the state test with well, Matt and Courtney? It really is because <laughs> in that room of all yeah. the makeups, they're all taking different tests, right? You know, some are and taking some leave and others sessions, come in. and yeah, it, it doesn't matter because they all have their own logins. Have you ever looked, or anyone ever looked at like the performance trend of kids who take makeups versus kids who take it in the classroom? Yeah, because I don't have any time to do anything else, so I'm just gonna look at this stuff. No, <laughs> that's, that's all you do is look way at too data. Well. I mean, we could. I'd be curious. Are you assigning me something? No, I'm God, not. No, no, someone out there. Someone, someone out there must be doing this. Someone out there. Someone Fible? collect Are you the Fible? data. Fible. <laughs> I'm sure that data might exist, and it would be really interesting to look at. Yeah. Because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. Hmm. I'll have you look into that one. I will. Courtney. I'm going to be thinking on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of thinking. There's lot, ways we could do testing a little bit different. Yeah. To we always talk about with our kids is you know take it seriously like you were saying before with your son <laughs> serious but um, not too serious serious but don't freak out <laughs> yeah. you know there's kind of a middle ground and, yeah. and don't it, blow it off but and kids are yeah. it's grades three through eight so they're all looking at you like what yeah. <laughs> this means something for who right. 
So all I heard was, do your best, but not too good. <laughs> and now it's totally confusing. It's better just like, you know, we do this every year. We just do this. And we have to do it. Yeah. And try your hardest. Yeah. And that's really the, the limit you can do to make it real. Because yeah. you don't want to lie to kids because they'll figure that out pretty darn quick. Yeah. Uh, especially in a district like like uh, my district and the one that you work in. Uh, it doesn't really count. Yeah. For targets or anything. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't. Right? There's no evidence. You can't yeah. provide as evidence because, again, results you get six to eight <laughs> months later. <laughs> and kids have moved on at that point. Yeah. They've learned it and they've moved on. So it's it's awkward for them. It's awkward for us. Uh, there are ways that, that we try to make it palatable, basically. We'll give them snacks. We'll give them breaks. And we bring them water. And we try to make it like a, a celebration of learning. So they do well rather than... <laughs> they sing, what does the test say? Yeah, if that happens, we're in the best school ever at that point. That will be our new, let's do this, everybody. So I think they're, they're, we do a good job for what it is, but yeah. again, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, so think about, I mean, I want to think more now about how do we fit that structure into a learner-centered environment if that's what we value. Um, Agreed. Because it sounds like there's lots of ways. I really, I challenge a school out there or a classroom to do the, like, the schedule your own testing. Mm, and That's very interesting. Yeah. If you do that for five years and compare that data to the regular classroom, the other classroom data. More assignments report data. me. <laughs> data. There's lots of well, you know, we talk about data. ways to prove this learner-centeredness, and, you know, unfortunately, like, we do have to somehow figure out how to use the test data to convince the, you know, the, the broader levels of yep. education. And yep. so uh, I guess that's just where my, my, my brain is right now. So one of the things that, I, that to, to wrap this up, since we've been going a little long today. That's okay. Is would the state test across the country as far as I know, they're all grade level tests. Which means going into the test, if I'm a fourth grader that's kind of behind my peers, I'm not gonna pass the test. Yeah, right, you're already at a disadvantage. You already know where 90% of your kids are going to, what they're gonna score. Yeah, oh for sure. So, A, what's the point? B, is there a better way to do this? Mm. Because you can already tell where your kids are gonna be. You can already tell which kids are going to get the fours, the above yeah. expectations. Oh, totally. Which ones are going to get the well below expectations right. in Maine's parlance. You, you, just, you can just tell. Yeah. And then there are the kids who might get a two, might get a three, because it depends on the day. Right. Those are most of the kids in the middle. Yeah. And there you go. I just gave everybody their percentages. They don't even have to take the test. I was just thinking about it. I was like, maybe we just ask teachers to like just do that. Take your best guess on what each kid is going to get on this test. All right. <laughs> I think some people in Atlanta went to prison. I was going to so say, that's not, don't, no. Don't, don't do don't that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. But it's funny because now that you mentioned that, uh, I do that exact same thing when I was a teacher. I did that with my AP Stats kids because we did enough, like, uh, pre-testing yeah. with actual practice tests. And so I kind of knew where they were. Yeah. And before they took the real thing in May, I predicted their score. Yeah. And didn't tell them till after. And when the scores came in in July, 
I compared, and I was for four years in a row, I had about 85% correct. Right on. Which I think was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, because you can tell. You can and, you tell. Know, if you work yeah, with know. kids enough, you know, you know where they're going to be. Yeah. You know what their strengths and weaknesses are, and you can predict. And mm-hmm. if it's everybody's taking the same level test and it's not dynamic in any way, you already know where your kids are going to be. Yeah. There's no... There's no you can do better on this one or you're working at your own pace or you're making great progress. If I'm behind level and I get a one and a one and a one and a one, I'm always going to be there. And if I'm the ones that are way ahead and I'm getting those above standards and those fours every single time because I'm ahead of my grade level peers, then I'm going to get those fours every time. doesn't mean a damn thing, but I know what those kids are going to get. It does not change, and it's, it's dumb. We don't like state testing. Yeah. All right. On that note, <sighs> where can people find us? People can find us on Twitter at PLearnMC. Um, our website is PLearnMC.com. For the parking lot? For the parking lot. So we answered one question last week. Yeah, next week we'll do it, the other one. Next week we'll do the other we'll one. We'll do the one next week. Um, and Facebook? Personal story, Matt Corny, PLearnMC, something like that.